All right, this is Euphoria. It's a podcast about all things EULCS. It's Dracos and Deficio together again after a basically three-week hiatus of doing anything together as a unit. Yes, we are not the same person. There were some people questioning if actually uh, we had ever been in the same room together. It's like I can't confirm. It's like 20 episodes where we're in the same room. Doesn't matter. I saw one comment it take, saying it. It takes one. All right. Well, the conspiracy theorists out there, I hope this has debunked everything. But through the magic of film, we could also just be one person with it's a green true. screen between us. Um, so think about that for a while. YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud. You're probably listening on one of those three. The other two are available for you. And of course, this week, we've got some special guests from Misfits. Jezus coming through. Oh. Lovely. As well as Hans Sama. Notorious anime fiend and uh, artist extraordinaire. A famous Vladimir player as well. Ooh, famous <laughs> Vladimir player. Very famous. The double lift of EU. Exactly. The double lift of EU. <laughs> I, I like that comparison. Wait, what? My Vladimir is kind of clean, but I couldn't show it on stage. I was choking. I mean, that's, you were choking? that's, that's uh, the thing, dude. I believe you, but you haven't given us any sample yet. You'd have to invite us over to like watch scrims or something to confirm that the Vladimir is in fact Ask clean. Jesse. Is, is it true? His Vladimir is really clean, but he was choking. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I was going to say, there's a few exactly. times where I feel like maybe you should have pushed pool a little bit earlier and then you got it's like fine. chain CC'd and died. I, I just respect the fact that you guys stuck to 80 carries for so long until the point where most teams had just accepted only play 80 carries and then you picked yeah. the Vladimir. You guys are like, ooh, <laughs> like, Korea's hey, back to 80 nice. carries. <laughs> Guess we're not hipsters anymore. No, I, we had actually been majors. practicing it for weeks. I think we just, now it's just, kind of the right time to actually pull it out like in draft we just wanted to pick it like in a natural way we didn't really want to force it because we obviously have uh an 80 player that mainly prefers playing 80s so it's we just wanted to pick it in the right situation and it only came this week so my majors are really good you know <laughs> they're actually pretty good <laughs> do you prefer is that or do you prefer mages now are you a mage only mm, player mm, no mm. uh just Vladimir, I think. Just and Vladimir? Yeah, Draven too. He's a mage for me. <laughs> Draven is a mage for you. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, <laughs> when you did that interview and you said, I'm going to play more mages now, and you picked Draven instantly, we were kind of being like, well, I guess, yeah, I guess Draven can be a mage. Kind of a mage. <laughs> he has abilities, I guess. Sure. Kind of spell. Jin's basically a mage. Yeah, Disguise yeah. is an AD carry. You, know, you got to throw that old, that's a skill shot. Sure. So that's something. Do it. All right. Bet updates for anyone wondering. Uh, we have been receiving a lot of feedback that the bets are really hard to track. So we are going to be putting together a LOL esports article where we'll compile all of the bets. Uh, most recently, we had the spicy ramen bet. We're going to get a video out for that shortly. Actually, uh, might be out by the time this goes live. Probably will be out. You can see Deficio take all of his clothes off for some reason because uh, the ramen he has to eat is so spicy. That's and true. Wadid says it's really spicy but looks okay throughout most of the yeah. bet. so I think he was hard trolling. I'm not I sure if he, was, if he was acting at the end or not, but he did look pretty hit at the end. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's hard. It, it burned. I tried it, it too. It was, it was an uncomfortable experience. But we'll give you all the updates, all these sports articles. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll put it all in one place so everyone can see it all the time. Then we got the Memento one, which has yep. still not been done by Dracos and yep. Memento. So everyone, uh, they're almost going on the wall of shame. Actually, it's mainly no. Dracos' fault. It's not really yeah. Memento's. It's not Memento's fault. Um, that will be done. And we have the new one from the Nuke Duck episode, a Nuke Duck and Kissing episode, uh, where Dracos and myself have to dress up in uh, duck costumes. And, and that most likely we will be rapping something. <laughs> uh, Dragos will mainly do the rapping. I'm trying. What are you to, gonna do, Martin? I'm trying to get some kind of background 
DJ Cowbell, whatever action. <laughs> DJ Cowbell. That's going to be my name. That's your name, Martin yeah. DJ Cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Stay, anyway, see, the stay, bets are really dumb. I'm sorry, guys. But stay, stay tuned for that. In the meantime, back to you guys. So, Misfits, as a team, we can see how you're performing in LCS. Talk to me about outside life. Because I know just about every member of the Misfits lineup loves anime. Is that true? It's true. Actually, there's like one or two who are uh, not really fond of anime. Okay, I think call them out. Uh, Barney and Chris. Chris, yeah. yeah. But oh. they're, we are turning them into. You're trying to convince yeah. them. It's the yeah. good. You're all, you're you're fighting the good fight. I mean, Barney's slowly turning over, but Chris is. This is not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. He doesn't seem like an anime <laughs> type either. He's very Danish. He's extremely Danish, <laughs> and I don't know how big anime is in Denmark actually. Uh, it's not very big. I think it's so. pretty meh. Yeah, like, I mean, we had Pokemon back in the day. That That's not anime. Is that not anime? Doesn't count. I mean, cartoon yeah. thing. It's See, I don't watch any anime. It's like Digimon so. doesn't count. You know what I mean? It's like if it, would, if it played on Saturday morning cartoons, like, does it really? It's like everyone who's, I think every kid who's interested in uh, Digimon or Yu-Gi-Oh, all these kind of animes, they don't know the difference between that and, you know, right. other cartoons. So all three here, you guys watch a lot of anime. Yes. Right. Hans, I have, a, I have a little challenge for you. Yeah. I need you to describe an anime, and I need to see if Jesses and Dracos can guess it super quick. Describe an anime? Just, mm. like, pick one you really like. Mm. Don't say the name, of course. I mean, I need to make sure that this anime, they, it's an anime they watched already. Um, mainstream one. Okay, a mainstream a one. one. Uh... Mm, how to describe this anime well there's a lot of transformation and it's never lost um naruto actually there's so many animes like who's like if you're, if you're clueless like, like the main character never loses <laughs> you've just described 50 percent of anime so like a lot of transformation <laughs> and main character never loses a lot of yeah. transformation i feel like that shit yeah, it, Sounds like the whole. Oh, never loses. There's always like challenges, but there's like yeah, one thousand anime of this. League of Legends too. It's never lost. Hmm. Come on, you guys are the. There's the a. You gotta understand. This is like him going. It's an action movie where the guy just beats up a bunch of bad guys. Like he's limited it down to. And it's a mainstream one. I mean, we can go Sword Art Online. We can go. Yeah. Yeah, no. Transforms, mm, though? No. Transforms, though. That's the thing, no. I mean, Loki, because he goes into another world, you know? There was a new season, where, when was it? Last year? Started last year. And it was over 100 episodes, I think. Come on, you must know that now. Even oh, I know Dragon that. Ball Super. Yes. Hey, oh, I don't yeah. watch Dragon Ball. Dude, I mean, that's, that's fine. Why. Come on, you don't even need to know <laughs> Dragon Ball. Dracos win. There you go. Okay, good job. One All right. zero. Good job. Should I go? I mean, if you can. I, I, I can't join in unless you describe one specific one. Uh, ooh. The thing is, is it's almost too easy because so many of the descriptions are free. For me or for them? Uh, detectives. Demons. I'm going to say those two words. Detectives and demons. Old, super classic. Detective Demons? Wait, Wait, I've only there's detectives seen, and I've only seen one detective anime. I think it's Detective Conan. Oh, no. Not that. Oh, but I'm watching it uh, at the moment. Really? 
So good. They're trying to find a killer. Who is it? How is he killing people? Nobody knows. Demon. Pokemon. <laughs> yes. There you oh. go. It's that season where Ash Ketchum became a serial killer <laughs> yeah. and murdered a hundred people to fish you. You're right. There we go. I actually never, actually, I never watch uh, Pokemon. Maybe sometimes, but I don't remember at all. I never played Pokemon as well. I think I'm the only one. Oh my God. What? Okay, well, that's a hard aim in fact. It was death Podcast note. I was over. I was trying to get you to say, I, I didn't want to say Shinigami because then I was like, you're either going to say Bleach or Death Note immediately. So last question for me then is, if someone needs to get into anime and he's never watched anything, where should he start? Like, what's the best opening anime to watch? I mean, you can start. Uh, yeah, give your, give sure. your one. Um, you need to give one. I mean... I'll not give a mainstream one. I would give uh, something who was like 25 episodes. I think for me, the anime that have uh, that made me uh, start having this kind of passion for anime was Sword Art Online. It was, um, I liked it because it was kind of similar for what I'm doing, like playing a game all day. And uh, maybe I would advise this anime for people who okay. are playing games. Hmm. 100% agree. If you are a gamer, sort of that mind. is the anime that gets you in because there's no way that you cannot be hype watching that. If you ever play <laughs> WoW in your life and you watch this anime, you're like, For And sure. it's like, it's one season or? Uh, let's just say Multiple. it's one season because it, it <laughs> Yeah, there's one season. <laughs> there's one season. Let's just say there's one season. Yeah. It gets. There should only be one. There's the first like 12 okay. episodes are insane and then like, and then it gets a little weak, but it's it's hype. It's definitely hype. So I'm going to watch. Sword Art Online. You should actually watch. I Paul tried to get me to watch Attack on Titans, and I was like, "Yeah, not for me." <laughs> yeah, don't 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 watch Attack on Titans. This is too too mainstream. It's a crying kid running around the city, and then I stopped. Yeah, so, no, that's not for uh, you. first episode. I wasn't into it. I watched <laughs> Sword Art World Online. Warcraft? Huh? World of Warcraft. Yes. So Sword Art Online. There you go. Sweet. There we go. Ooh, Phil actually just hit me with a classic, which is One Punch Man. Uh, Vedi has tried to convince me about one punch. Like a guy who one punches everything and he's like... Yeah, but he lives a great life. It's slightly comedic. It's fun. It's a good time. <laughs> it's kind of like if you like action movies, you know? But it's one punch. Basically anime of action movies. Sweet. Man, such a, such a new world for All right, me. one more though. Just what would you recommend? What would you start on? I mean, I would obviously to gamers be saying Soda Online as well, mm -hmm. but I think I would first ask what type of anime or like what type of series they would normally watch yeah. like say they weren't an anime watcher and then you know let's say it was like love or like some drama or something i would just recommend um one of my favorite ones that's like more of a girly anime is uh golden time um and then i also there's also uh your love in april uh but yeah, I mean, otherwise, like Sword Art Online for most gamers. Sword Art Online, most gamers. I think if you want something like, you could always go Death Note, you could also go Steins Gate if you want oh. more like those thriller, kind of like deeper ones. No, 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 Steins, Steins Gate though for the first anime. It's too weeby. It's like you're really going to like fall off after like seven episodes, you know, of death. Or on, yeah, it's, it's tough. Run high school host club. 
that's a class. Do you can't look at me and watch say you love Golden Time and not oh, like. Come her. on, it's not the same, dude. <laughs> I like Golden Time as well. Yeah, Golden Time is so good. I'm gonna actually have to move us on. You don't want to talk about anime, so more? it's not a two-hour-long episode of anime. Only. Are you soon dear? Uh, <laughs> is that was that? <laughs> I'm just saying uh, I will watch Sword Art Online. So next time we sit here, we can all discuss that for two hours. Yes, I'm sure right. it's going to be great. I'll enjoy the first twelve episodes <laughs> and then apparently get really mad uh, with yeah. the remaining ones. It gets weird. I mean, I want. I actually want to talk about it because it's so no, no, bad no, 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 and it's no, no, so no, no, frustrating. No. And I there's two people here I haven't shared my opinions. But with here's yet. the thing, right. Gregor. That, that, that's not the uh, same thing for me. I'm so fan of. That on end that even the season two is good to watch for me. Hold on, chill. Two seconds. Two seconds. <laughs> they have a child. <laughs> they have an AI child. Yeah, I, I agree. Season two was really. Mm. That's where it went downhill, dude. <laughs> okay. What happened to my girl Asuna? She was a relevant character, and then like she became Skylar's? a wife. Anyway, did you like uh, Gun Girl? Oh, Gun Gale was fun for a little bit. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just yeah, yeah, like Let's talk about League of Legends. People yeah, yeah, are here yeah. for the anime power. I, I definitely, <laughs> I want people to care about the anime, but I also want them to care about you guys. And I think a good place to start and something we have to remember to do is obviously look back at the history of Hansama and Jesses. And I want to start with you, Jesses, because uh, you, for a lot of casual viewers, might be still a little bit of an unknown person in some ways where for like hardcore viewers they will know your story you know mm -hmm. you've been here for many years but uh correct me if i'm wrong but everything from what i remember is the first time you entered the lcs was on gamers 2 when no, you sk it was sk sorry sk it was gamers 2 after almost sk as a mid laner yeah. uh famous for nidalee and zix and oriana and ari I'll mainly give you Nidalee and Zix <laughs> for now. Uh, we can add the other two later, maybe. Uh, went to Worlds with SK, kind of surprised everyone uh, mm -hmm. that split. And there was the lineup where you guys, you did play with uh, Svenskeren and then was it Forgiven and then also Candy Panda at some point. Or no, was it only Candy Panda? Only, I only played with Candy Panda and Nif for relegation mm. in 2013. And then we just had n for the rest in of the year. right. And this yeah. was 2014. 2014. Yeah. Season four. Season four. Season five. You left SK and joined Coast, and then after and got and joined NALCS mm -hmm. and had a losing streak. Then got kicked from that team. Oh, you were part of the famous Coast losing. Yeah, I was like a part of the early losses. See, I didn't even remember that. How could anyone remember this? People, most people forget Coast. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to forget that one. I think a hey, lot of people are trying on. to forget yeah. Coast. We just let that one go. And then uh, G2 after that as AD. G2 as AD. Back when it was called something different. I uh, won't say it again for Carla's sake. Made it into the LCS. Yeah. And then left G2. Yeah. And at that point, so this was 2016. Mm -hmm. I don't fully remember what you decided to do. That's when you coaching. started coaching, right? Yeah, I joined Dignitas as a coach in NA, LCS. And we got relegated. And then after we got relegated. Great track record so far. Yeah, no, I got relegated. And then <laughs> I think I had an interview with Immortals. Yes. And joined that team. And we had a really good regular season as Immortals now, you know. And what, yeah. what was your role within? Was it positional coach? I was strategy coach, coach strategy and coach. positional coach, but mainly strategy coach. And yeah, I mean, we didn't go to Worlds. And then after that, I was just like, to know, I was like, all right, I want to play. I at least want to give it a shot again. And then I went to Korea and 
practiced. And you swapped to support. Uh-huh. Because this is like, so when you started, you came in in SK as a mid laner. Mm-hmm. Then you became an AD carry on G2 and qualified for LCS. Then you became a coach. Mm-hmm. Then you became a support, joined Fnatic, went to Worlds with Fnatic. Yeah. And now you're back to being a coach. Like, if that's yeah, not a track down. record. That's an up and down career. So my, I've... I've known for a while, right? Like the Ziggs is the one that I remember the most. Like that was the thing is you were the Ziggs guy. Oh my God. I know, I know. I'm just saying saying that that's the memory. Not that that's like the peak of your career, but Mm -hmm. like I've known about you for a long time because that was like the singular reputation that stuck with me. But for you, Hans, I'm curious, when did you hear about Jezus? Because you're a very young player relative to when Martin was playing, when I first got into esports. Like how much did you know about Jezus before uh, joining or before he started playing in LCS? Because I guess you did get to play against him. Uh, I didn't know much about Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't watch like season three, season four um, competition, so I didn't know a lot of stuff. But uh, I just know about him much more when um, the first time I went to Korean boot camp, I was um, uh, boot camping with uh, Jesus mm-hmm. and who was he? Renover sometime. Renover as well, yeah. Was there. This is when you swapped yeah. to support? Yeah, this was after Immortals. So I went to Korea to boot camp for two months. And then randomly, Steven was there as well. Yeah. And I was surprised that uh, he was that good in SoEQ. Yeah, so I was so with you a lot. Interesting. That's a cool story. And then obviously, Hans, you joined the LCS with Misfits. Always been on Misfits in the LCS. And before that, you played on you know, Millennium and a bunch of other French teams, I assume. Uh, yeah, I started my first team in 2014. It was like a small team called uh, LOL IFR, uh, FR and uh, we just did tournaments online. But then uh, I went to uh, play with a small organization called ECorp as well. And we I started to play LANs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my father was uh, always bringing me uh, to the lands, so because you were like 15, 14? Uh, yeah, 15, yeah, uh, actually 14. I started 14, uh, and then one year later, I uh, million picked me up because I was, I was at a good level, mm-hmm. and um, we started doing the same thing, lands, but I started winning them like all of them. <laughs> there <laughs> yeah. you go, that's a difference. Nice shift, yeah, I was losing, but then <laughs> starting winning all of them. And we qualified to Challenger Series. Uh, that was the time we, uh, in the qualifier, we also beat uh, some of my old teammates. There was a Renegade Bentitos mm-hmm. with Usain, and we won against them. So sometimes I remind them. So it's uh-huh. kind of funny. And um, yeah, in the end, we didn't make uh, it to LCS. And then Misfit picked me up by bringing me out. And then obviously from Challenger with Misfits to into Worlds. LCS to Worlds. Uh, I remember, uh, and this is this is something that was really interesting a couple of years ago, is that I kept hearing rumors about this wonder kid uh, that was playing, uh, you know, called Hansama, this French AD carry. He was in Millennium back then. And like, he was just insane, but he was only 15 or 16, so he couldn't play LCS yet. And then uh, when you joined Misfits, I had to cast one of the Challenger games, which was one of your first uh, games in Challenger, I believe, with Misfits. Um, and it was a ga- it's the same thing where 
everyone was saying like, okay, Hansama, Hansama, Hansama. I'm like, okay, interesting. Let's see what he can do. And from what I remember, that game, you hard fed in the bottom <laughs> lane. And like, it was uh, it was like Alfari or something top lane who ended up carrying the yeah. game. And I was like, wait, that's that was, really weird. <laughs> I was choking a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was okay. I feel like we saw that in, in Challenge for Playoffs too, because I remember this. I remember being the guy in our office being like, Han Sama, Deficio, this kid is going to crush people. And I'd show you these challenger games and you're like, I, I don't 100% believe it. And I'm like, you wait, challenger playoffs, challenger playoffs comes around. And you're like, suit, you play so scared. Like every challenger game up until that point, you're like 2v1ing, every lane is Draven, mm-hmm. hard destroying people. And then you're like, I'm going to sit back this game. I'm going to hide. I'm going to stay safe. <laughs> but that changed. And I'm glad that changed. Yeah, yeah. That you went from like playing more reserved on stage to now going in the Morgana Draven lanes, popping off every single game. Yeah, I would say uh, in the past I was a player who was really not talking game. I was really silent and uh, being with Misfit, I that's the biggest thing I learned is to be um, like more talkative mm-hmm. and even planning a lot of stuff. So, well, there was a lot of improvement since three years already and kind of surprised of it. Before I was the type of guy, uh, even outside of the life, uh, outside in real life, I was really kind of shy. I wouldn't talk to anyone. I think just being in my world. And now you're here on the podcast. Now you're here on a podcast in front of cameras. Yeah, people of... forcing me to do interviews. <laughs> Firstly, he's not forced to be here, everyone. Oh uh, no, I'm not forced. <laughs> Wait, what, what, what was uh, the casters' uh, experience of, like watching Steven uh, in playoffs summer last year? Because for me, he went from like being this really passive player that mm-hmm. would just mm-hmm. lose lane slowly and just lose the game slowly. But then by playoffs, when we actually lost against him in Fnatic, he was like super aggressive in lane and super scary to play against. Yeah, so I think for us, it started as like, it was definitely like, we didn't look look at you when we looked at Misfits. We looked at Power People yeah. pretty consistently. Like you, you were not a factor. And the storyline always was, who's going to be the second carry for Misfits? <clears throat> And I think it was in that playoffs where we started to look at you more and you were getting better and better. And then there was, I think, a specific reckless interview where he like called you out. And that was the peak where we just started asking people in general about you. And they're like, you do not want to play against this kid in lane. Like this kid's lane phase is Mm. insane. Like people weren't 100% on you in the rest of the game, but people were like, lane phase, this kid is a monster. Uh, I think lane phase for all my career has been a strong point about me, but... I've been for a whole year not confident at all. Um, the first year when I was in Misfit, I think maybe maybe a bit before, um, even when I was in Millennium um, in Challenger Series, I was feeling not confident at all when I was playing uh, real matches. Mm-hmm. So I was just doing really good in solo queue, but in matches I couldn't translate anything. How do you change that? Is that just playing more games or...? Teammates? Mm, maybe learning more, uh, having life experience, mm. uh, being with in a team. Uh, and I started shining uh, in the summer playoffs. What about Hussein? Did mm. he do something for you? Yeah, I mean, the stuff uh, helped me a, a lot as well, but um, I wasn't really fan of playing the spring split. The first spring split, having to play... When there was that meta where I was always playing two champions, that was Ash Virus or yeah, Ash? Yeah, yeah, Ash yeah. CC bot lane. Oh. And, oh, yeah. and our mindset was never to play our own bot. So, and I was kind of the guy who never talked. Yes. Even after reviews. So we ended up 
I end up always never, um, I always end up not being the guy who will carry the game. And it was always playing around mid and we got into that habit. But in summer playoff, um, uh, the champion pool um, changed. Like mm -hmm. it was more Tristana, I think. Yeah, Tristana, uh, we were forced Saya. to play Pog against you. You played Draven in that last game, but that was like the one-off. Yeah, so we played more Iron Bot and it felt great. <laughs> there you go. I think I like that's it. super interesting. Jess is just quickly back to you. Um, with your career and all the things you have experienced, three different roles, coaching positions, like now you're a coach again. Is this is mm -hmm. this where you want to stay, or do we have Jess's playing next when, year when again? Are you a top jungle, laner next jungle. year? Jungle, no, he's jungle. Oh, yeah, he's, right, jungle. he's got the support <laughs> intelligence now. He's got the middling mechanics. <laughs> he's going to combine them. He's going to be the best jungler in Europe. It's actually funny that he mentioned jungle because I'm actually. <laughs> oh no! Don't do it, man. <laughs> okay, so in solo queue, I'm, I'm queuing uh, support and jungle second. Um, and since there's so many supports in Challenger right now, I'm getting jungle like seventy percent of the time, pretty much, and. Oh, I'm smurfing. Like, oh I'm no, smurfing. it's happening. <laughs> Watch out, Max. No, okay, so I, I'm not going to go jungle. That's pretty much 100%. Um, whether I'm going to play next year as a support or not, I don't know. Uh, I kind of just wanted to do this split with Misfits to kind of figure out for sure for franchising whether mm. that was something I wanted to do or not, like mm. coaching or playing, because I want to be sure, you know. I don't want to um, be 50-50 about it. Um, so... I mean, this split with Misses is pretty much just to figure things out and see how it is to coach another squad than just, you know, the NA squads. Yeah, because I think, he, I mean, he must be the only player who's consistently gone from playing, coaching, playing, coaching. You've been to Worlds twice. Uh, and you would think then that you're like, no, no, I'll just keep playing because I, I go to Worlds, I play on the, on the best teams. Uh, do you just, do you not have the desire to always be a player? Do you, do you like playing or coaching more like so i i actually like both um i like the more laid-back uh lifestyle in a way from the coaching side okay. but at the same time i also really like the intense side from playing um but I, I think ultimately for me it really depends on just whichever team i'm on like if i'm coaching the right players and i prefer coaching if i'm playing with the right players and i prefer playing um unfortunately i haven't been able to really play with players in my past at least that I've felt really comfortable with okay. like where we really felt like a team and felt like good individuals that were also friends outside of the game um, so if I were to go play next year or like let's say I have you know ultimate offers of um, playing the same players that I would prefer to play with or like coach the players that I prefer to coach with I'd probably lean towards playing um, just because uh, you can't really play for ever whereas I feel like coaching I could play like coach for as long as I want to um so yeah it's cool I'm excited to see what like how everything turns out I think there's going to be a lot of shifts especially next year right with long-term partnerships coming through some people are going to make it some people aren't and I obviously don't know anything about the back end but I think one thing we're all pretty sure of is like it's going to be very different next year and it seems like you are one of the few people who is like, I have both of my options open. Yeah, no, I, I think I think um, people misunderstand the support role because I, I think the only reason why I can consistently go from coaching to playing is is only because of the support role. Uh, like, because I see support as kind of like an in-game coach in a way. I, I don't think a support is supposed to be a mechanical 
or anything like that. I think uh, a support is truly shining when he can step up for the team and allow the carries to carry and let him kind of take over uh, looking at the map, looking at the bigger picture and, and kind of calling because ultimately when you're playing, obviously when you have, when you look at the game um, from kind of an outside perspective, of course you're not focused on like these hyper micro kind of stuff. And I think taking away that focus from the carries is so huge. Mm. Yeah, I think that there's there's been kind of we don't always see the really like smart mastermind supports, right? Like I think Mithy was the most clear example of like this guy who was suffering a little bit mechanically, but was like very smart about the game. And and people always would say that he was very smart about the game. And it feels like we have a lot of really good mechanical supports right now in EU. But I haven't heard the same things that we would hear about Mithy about someone being that kind of in-game leader, being that voice. Yeah, um, sure. And it's it's interesting to see as supports get better, as as players get older and more mature, like how much more they learn. Maybe if their focus shifts away mm -hmm. from mechanics into something else. It's always a problem though with the support role, I guess. If you are a team and you're scouting, because it's really hard to scout. Is this guy a shock caller? Yeah, you know, solo queue. Like you just see this guy is killing everyone. <laughs> you know, he's he's a god on whatever thresh and stuff. And you're yeah. like, he he's great. We should pick him up and try him out. Um, so I guess obviously that's an issue because like Mickey specifically, obviously your support Hans like. To me, Mickey has always been kind of famous for being mechanically insane, but never been famous for being like the leader or, or the shock caller. Like, is he changing his role now or are you guys just doing it differently in Misfits? Mm, I think he's kind of focusing on his weaknesses a lot. Um, I mean, I agree he's, he's one of, well, he's the best mechanical uh, mm -hmm. support in the league, but he's focusing on uh, other stuff uh, such as being a leader more. And I think... His improvement has been pretty good the past weeks. So I have no doubt that it will be a huge support. That's cool to know. Yeah, that he's the next in line. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more about Misfits because you guys are a team that was on top of the world. Still number one. Still number one. Uh, those wins giving you a nice little bit of buffer here, but it feels like it has been a little bit more of a struggle. Um, the easy person to point fingers at is everyone's like, ooh, Senkux, but it doesn't feel like the team has... Don't buy that one myself. For sure. No. And it doesn't feel like the team has clicked in the same way. Uh, and so what is your guys' perspective on a little bit more of the struggles, a little bit less dominant? What's, what's going on in terms of uh, the backstory for Misfits right now? Okay, so actually, I think uh, the first many wins like 9 10 11 wins um i was actually sitting backstage with hussein and every single win didn't feel perfect and it didn't feel um as good as you know peak games in scrims where we could truly see our potential or like really see progress and i felt every single game was just either enemy having really bad draft or just playing really poorly and it was never i mean obviously at certain points in the game, in some games, like, of course, it was on us to be really good proactively. But I think most games were, like, we, we can't confidently say that most of the wins was uh, from us. It was mm -hmm. really from uh, our opponents being bad. So when we were, we had a long winning streak, I think we were constantly telling our players as well. And I, I think a players, our players also dis also agreed, sorry, that we... We didn't, we, we weren't like, you know, this amazing, unbeatable team. Uh, we had our clear weaknesses and obviously also our clear strengths. And we wanted now, I mean, we just wanted a strong start. And we also wanted to, um, after getting a strong start, uh, kind of start working on our weaknesses. And I think that's also why we started uh, losing is because we actually tried to uh, 
showcase some of our weaknesses and like try them out on stage as well since we'd been working on them uh, for weeks basically um, so it's just kind of individual losses and in the end I don't think it matters that much so do you feel like you guys are still improving week to week? Because um, in terms of results, it's obviously taken a downturn, but do you still feel like you guys are progressing in a way that you're happy with, where like you're working towards this this playoff state, presumably, where you can be on top of Europe? Hans, you can go, you can go, either okay. one. Um, I would say, of course, we keep improving uh, every week. Uh, like Jesse said, uh, we are focusing more on our weaknesses that we just forgot our, forget about our strength in stage. So that's why we look like a team that is not top one, but rather like a team who is like actually 10 or something. But uh, I have no worries that uh, in the next upcoming weeks, we will play at, at our peak form. And just a matter of time that we reach our full potential, I think. That's I'm pretty confident. That was a weak question. We already knew the answer would be yes. Of course, we're improving. Of course, we'll get there. Just going to first pick Draven. Uh, instead, I, I want to know specifically from you guys, uh, and this is something I've heard from a lot of other players on the podcast uh, before. When you guys do not win the early game, you look lost. Like, Baron setups have not been a huge advantage for you guys. Uh, late game, I think... We don't see you guys be like superior team fighters or, you know, having the cleanest split pushing calls. Like the Schalke game, obviously, from this week is a good example of that. Um, what do you guys think then kind of is the problem if when you don't win the early game? Or do you completely disagree? Can you can you play any game no matter how far ahead you are early or behind? Or is it just like, do you guys need to win early to be good? What do you think, Steven? Good question. Uh, not I at all complicated. Really I definitely messed up. <laughs> uh, okay, okay I, I don't really think we really need to be... Um, I mean, I think we can play uh, a game. I mean, win a game uh, from behind or even. I think that's uh, quite a lot of improvement from the past splits. The past splits, uh, when we were behind, we always lose. But uh, now I think <laughs> I'm pretty confident that we... If there's a game that we are behind, we kind of know the way how to come back. And if it's even, even, it might feel more uh, pressured, but we can, um, we can like, can still win. I would say that our strength is if we get the lead in early game, then we, we have like really high chances to win. But mm -hmm. there's also a positive percentage that we can win if the game is like more even. Just well. So from my perspective, I think the reason why we look a little weaker in the mid late game is it's really not a lack of knowledge. Um, I think all my players have gotten to a really high level of knowledge at this point um, and also kind of experience, I guess, in certain scenarios. But I think the main missing part is consistency. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that consistency uh, comes from a leader usually. Um, I think kind of like a big voice in game that um, can always kind of pull the whole team together and kind of make everyone focus on the same thing. And I know that's also something Mrs. was working on, trying to find and uh, push for uh, last split. And it's also been one of our weaknesses this split. Um, so we're just kind of working on that and trying to figure out how we can best uh, get everyone on the same page and uh, have maybe even multiple leaders that can step up in different cases. 
Is there anyone you're looking at on the team right now? I is there, it was Max Lore. Because we were under the impression it was Max Lore. Um, but if, if there's not that voice there, why isn't it Max Lore? Or who are you looking at? Like, who is the best mm. candidate right now? Is, is it Barney? That would be the one that would be so curious. <laughs> okay, so... Barney's uh, smurfing. Barney's, Barney's smurfing. <laughs> All the time. Basically. Uh, no, I think early early game, it's 100% Max Lore. Uh, after early game, Max Lore actually isn't the biggest voice in the team. Okay. Um, it is mainly Barney that is a leader in the team. But the issue is that he's not a part of the four-man. Like, he's, he's a top laner, right? So he's mm-hmm. on an island. And a lot of the times, it is important that someone from the four-man can kind of lead the four-man and also kind of, in a way, micromanage the top laner. Um, like, use him effectively. Um, so we're in the four-man currently. We're kind of looking at Cress, mainly. Uh, I think we've been looking at him also last split and this split especially and uh, trying to work a lot about that like of course people don't really see that from the outside um the voice he brings or like the communication he brings but he's actually a very big part of the foreman and the team so what do you say to all the criticism towards senkooks now because like the last couple of weeks a lot of the community and so on they're, they're putting their focus towards him uh, for some reason well, they single him out which I think and not just the community I mean as as a broadcast as well and some of the criticism was unfair uh, I'll give you that we may have uh, went too far once or twice but I think that there has been a historical trend of Senkux going from god tier top mid laner to falling off a cliff the next week mm-hmm. and I think that Obviously, I think two-week sample size and best of one isn't enough to 100% say that, but I think that's the question that's always going to come to someone's mind when you look at this guy's career holistically. Yeah. Um, so what's going on with Senkux? How do you feel about the criticism, as Martin said? Because I think I think it is important. I think that's something that people really want to know about uh, for the Misfits. Yeah, so I actually see myself in, in Crest a little bit. Um, I think he's, uh, at least I, I like to call myself more of a brain player rather than a hand player. Um and like, for example, Steven is like a good example of like a hand player. He's a hand, not a brain. No brain. Player. <laughs> no brain, main. Only hand. Hey, not main. always. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean, so yeah, I kind of see that from Cress. And, and of course, when you shift your focus, like I said, you shift your focus towards the bigger picture and kind of leading the team and uh, more of the communication side of things. Of course, your individual skill is going to um, is gonna lose some of it, like lose some of its power. Um, so I, I do think, like, I, I agree that, of course, his individual performance has been a little bit up and down and fallen off a, a bit in the latest couple of weeks. Um, not to say that any of our players have really been performing, like, great or anything uh, in the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, no, I, I agree with the criticism, but I, I think there's a lot more to it that, than people see. Of course. Yeah. What about for you, Hans? Because... I feel like every split, the first couple of weeks, you're just hard smurfing. Like you stomp every lane, you carry team fights, and it's like, oh my God, Hansam, a greatest AD carry. And then towards the middle of the split, it happened the last split as well, and I feel like this one as well. We don't see you as much anymore. Like, is there a reason you feel that maybe in your performance takes a step back or... Mm. Or do you not agree? You know, you can also just say I disagree. I'm, I'm the best. <laughs> you always say somehow, that at the end of every. Yeah, somehow. I mean, he can disagree. Somehow I always carry. I mean, in the early weeks, but I really don't have any idea, idea why it's like this. <laughs> like always in the middle split, uh, it's like this. But I think it will change. It will not be the same. I'll start to carry again. Is there any coach perspective on his AD carry? Do you agree? That's the first thing. Do you agree that there's a little bit of dip, or is it just that other bot laners mm-hmm. are getting better and you can't you can't stay a- ahead of them? I think the performance that I have now it's uh, like more. I mean, it's worse because I'm mainly as a 
in individual, I'm focusing more on my weaknesses, which is, I guess, calling a lot of stuff. And I'm not really used to that. And that's, that shows when, that's, that shows how I'm lost in the game in the stage, uh, because I'm focusing on, uh, weaknesses when I'm on stage, but that's not the right thing to do. And like, I kind of forget, forget my strength mm. a lot of times. So yeah, I think that's mainly the reason. Mm. I agree. There you go. The coach agrees. <laughs> Uh, so coming out patch 815 is the other thing it's coming in this week marksman changes I hope Lee Sin just got buffed enough to come back um, do these help you as as a bottom liner are you excited about 815 should we just recap real quick what the changes yeah, are yeah so coming in uh, so everyone knows um, storm racer cost reduction slight stats reduction but the cost reduction I think okay. makes up for it and yes. makes it even stronger uh, infinity edge obviously does not build from double BF sword anymore it's BF and pickaxe it is 200 gold cheaper lost 5% of the true damage and also lost I believe it's 5 AD uh, at the same time but it is cheaper and it doesn't build from double BF so also considered a buff obviously it's still super strong uh, late then, game yeah every one of the zeal completed items uh, rapid fire cannon static shift rune hands and phantom dancer all got their total gold cost decreased by a hundred uh, I believe that's the final combined cost so that part not as massive but across the board getting so many cost reductions is pretty huge and another change also supports only running two potions not three which does help a little bit in the laning phase for an AD carry because everyone's whining about <coughs> supports being overpowered uh, which they are in laning phase uh, some They're of them insane. Yeah. slight nerf uh, to them obviously not only in lane phase well just overpowered <laughs> they're just overpowered so Hansama crit AD carries is this it? Are we going back to late game crit AD carry meta now? If you say anything other than Draven, we're, the fans are going to be upset. That's all I'm saying. You answer the question <laughs> that legitimately. Reckless. You but I just, reckless. You could say Reckless or Draven. Those are the two things people want to hear. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, the AD carry late game will come. Maybe um, I'm not actually sure. I mean, there's some champion that people play already that uh, they mm -hmm. would be even better in this patch. And... Draven is better. Draven is better. Zaya, obviously, should yeah. probably benefit from this too. Like, this should be, is this a meta shift? Or is it just like more of what we've seen already? It's more of what we've seen already. Because I think, I mean, I think everyone's starting to play ADs. Yes. Uh, it's basically, what, 95%, 90% of ADs. So it's it's pretty much just going to be the same. Like, maybe one or two AD cares are going to be introduced. Potentially Tristana. I mean, Tristana got a nice buff in, what, 13 Point thirteen. Yeah, they buffed a lot of the other eighty yeah, characters. Exactly. Yeah. This is continuous. Twitch has been buff. getting Twitch, Jinx, exactly. Caitlyn. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I also Jinx with some razors. It's nice. I mean, there's because like so I got scared when I started seeing the the patches, uh, like the last couple of patches when they started buffing slowly some of the eighty carries not being played, and I was like, eventually they're going to change the items again. <laughs> And then those AD carries might actually suddenly appear. And this pattern happens all the time, where something gets nerfed, and then it gets like stealth buffed like six patches in a row, Nocturne, Cossacks. and it's OP forever. Except usually it's a champion, not an entire role. And that's what scares me. Then maybe also some quirky mid. Ooh, I mean, he also the, got the, the 40 fatty damage yeah. last round. The e buff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But is there, like, what else is currently stopping um, the meta from being crit, like late game AD carries? Are the games still too fast? Like, is it too easy to snowball the game still for these creative carries to always get to three items? Uh, it's pretty much because of Baron, right? I think I, I think if they want to change that, they just have to nerf Baron, right? 
I mean, a lot of teams are just ending the game with Baron or... Yeah, nerf the Baron buff, yeah. Yeah, basically. So, yeah, I think that's just too OP. It's, it's kind of like Banner, you know? Like, they should just change that. Like, nerf the, the buff that you give to minions. What if they like the games being 30 minutes long? I like that. Because I think... I like that too. You can always make an like argument. <laughs> like, do you want games that can go... Like, when we had the start of Spring Split, if you remember, Hans, we had 60-minute long games. You sitting on six items, not knowing what to do with your gold, buying CC rod portals. Yeah. And, like, every game went that far. Like, was that a good meta or was that a bad meta? Uh, that was a stressful meta. When there's that <laughs> kind of game that never... Um, that never happens to me most of the time like I'm not that trained compared to Jesse I think for late games for 60 minutes yeah. 60 minute games it's you played more stressful to be honest come the game. on uh, it never went 60 minutes maybe you always make me start liking it <laughs> <laughs> no no with 6 I, I don't think I ever passed like 45 minutes I think also like 30 35 minutes for me is kind of the, the sweet spot where I'm happy um, yeah. I think 25 minutes it's too quick. It's way too quick. Uh, 30 minutes, I can, uh, okay. But 35, you feel you've had like at least two barons uh, or like potential baron setups. Like an elder had, maybe. Yeah, one elder drake could be what you're fighting for at the end. There's been a couple of good team fights because as a caster and a spectator, one thing I am missing um, is hyping up the AD carry. Oh my God. He's finally there. It. He's got his eye. Easiest meta to cast was the AD carry meta. <laughs> it You're really just like, is. Hey guys, there's four champions. We're not going to talk about any of them. This is the Look Caitlyn. This, this is the champion. We're I own the Caitlyn. This but is like, the champion we talk about. Watching certain champions in the late game is just something that is amazing. Like watching a Maokai in the late game, you don't care. Or a Mundo. Yeah. It's like whatever. Watching an Azir in the late game, killing five people, or watching an AD carry who's farmed for, you know, 35 minutes. Uh-huh pop off and just get like a bunch of kills like it just it looks good it's part of the game that i'm missing a little bit especially now that i feel like the bot lane meta is kind of figured out and it's just the same few mages being played uh yeah i kind of want this is his formal request to you guys to, to make it spicy to give us the storm racer james never finish before 35 minutes though we need that viewership to stop yeah well. so, yeah <laughs> the quick games doesn't storm help at the same time i think Gathering Storm. Uh huh. Ooh, yeah, that needs to just go if it's going to be late game, you know. Oh. This is not fun. 60 minute Gathering Storm meta. Mandatory. Like a, you get a little support with like 2.5k HP and it comes with a little Gathering Storm 50 minute AD carry. <laughs> yeah, it's a quick one. <laughs> it kills you. The one shot, nothing like Rapid Fire Cannon to you, that wholesome 900 range auto attack or whatever. You're like, ah, oh, I, I can't interact with you. Nice. Great. Fun times. All right, so patch 15, maybe it changes some stuff. Maybe it'll be mostly the same. I hope to see a few more AD carries. I mean, I don't want mages to die, though, because I do like having mages It's fair. There. there is one question we have to ask. This is because our boss uh, oh, yes. bias us to talk about Reckless. Every episode. He is behind us right now. He's watching you, Han, so be careful what you say. It's true. He's always here. And he's always smiling. Do you think <laughs> Reckless will return this patch and this is going to be Reckless meta now? Um, I mean, I don't really know about it. Maybe the reason he, I mean, the last week was pretty much AD carry mm -hmm. most of the time, like 80%, I think. Uh, but I'm not actually sure why he's not playing. Maybe it's because they played too much with people that they feel comfortable with him more. Okay. That it feels more like a team already and uh, uh, having requests like so soon... Um, uh, having to play records so soon uh, when there's the playoff, then maybe it's hard for the team to like mm. change again. 
uh, I'm not sure about That's that. That's fair. They've gone too deep. They've gone so yes. far into the Whipple one now they can't go. They back. actually don't know how to draft without having literally seventy percent of their champions be flex picks. They're uncomfortable <laughs> with the idea that they might have to pick something that but like, people can tell yeah. what lane it's going to go in. When you change something so sudden, maybe things can go downhill. So mm. it's true they are winning, obviously, but I just feel like now with ninety-five percent AD carries bot lane, like there should be no reason unless they actually think Whipple is a better fit for the team. Yeah, so I'm thinking that the reason why they haven't at least changed in this patch or the patch before that is uh, probably because Bipo maybe brings more to the team. Right. Maybe either communication-wise or like practice-wise. I imagine practice-wise. Like maybe them as a team, they learn more or maybe Hillisung learns more mm -hmm. playing with Bipo. Um, and I think that's just the biggest thing. I mean... We had him on the podcast where he actually... I believe it was on the podcast he talked about how his uh, synergy with Hillisung is really good. You know, and they have this smart thing going where because you can play mages that can kind of sit on their own, mm -hmm. Hillisang can be more proactive on the map, which is kind of the place that he wants to play. So there could be more to it as well, just saying simply that this bot lane just functions better. I'm not sure. I don't know what synergy Hillisang and Reckless have. I mean, we heard Bupa say, interview end of last week, very likely that the, the golden boy will be returning, I think were his exact words. So okay. maybe, this is the, maybe this is the time. Should be interesting. Uh, maybe he said strong possibility. I don't remember the exact words, but he basically said reckless could be coming back. I mean, you always have that weapon now. Also, if you just save it for playoffs, you know, a team can practice a against Fnatic for a best of five with the idea that Whippo's playing, and then they announce the day before it's reckless playing, right? And things mm -hmm. change. So I hope I don't have to play against Tristana players. I, I've always been playing against Tristana as uh, the uh, past. Um, uh, like the spring split, and uh -huh. I was got outscaled and I got <laughs> tired of it. So every time I face a Tristana, it's kind of feel bad. So you don't want to play against Reckless? No Tristana. You prefer if they keep no. Rippo? Okay. <laughs> or just ban Reckless. Or just ban Reckless out. Ban Reckless. <laughs> what if 1080 carries are overpowered? Man? Oh God, well it's never going to happen, hopefully. He's going to go Ezreal five games in a row. That champion. I hate that champion. I understand the value it has, but it tries me nuts. Uh, on to the, the meat of, of this episode, the thing that I'm, I think, personally most excited about, and that is, Jezus, you wrote a list. You stack-ranked every single player in Europe by role. Now, I'm going to cough, because I have to cough, and then I'm going to read this entire list. So I'll everyone, while you cough. There you go. Uh, <clears throat> this list is purely based on these seven weeks of summer split. You don't care about history. Yeah or anything. It's just seven weeks of scrims plus stage performance. Mm -hmm. So obviously the sample size at this point is, is much bigger than the first yep. one you did, which was week two, Yeah, where there was definitely a lot of people questioning some no, of, of your course. decisions. Of course. Um, but, and it goes one to ten, basically. Pretty much. Yep. Okay. So top lane is Wonder. Well, one to nine, actually. Sorry. One one to nine. Oh, you don't do Misfits. misfits yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah. So not including Misfits. Oh, okay. That's smart. Wonder, Soaz, Cabo, Odawamne, Prophet, Ruin, White Knight, Vizichachi, and Smitty J. Hmm. So interesting. I don't think surprising to see. I mean, I have at the bottom. I have one thing that is I think for a lot of people based on on the name stands out is Vizichachi being second last uh, on your list. Now I don't actually disagree <coughs> with you based on you know the fact he's just stuck on a tank in most of the games except for now when he's playing Rumble. But Chachi himself, like, why do you rate him as the second worst? I mean, I think the other top laners have just purely performed better, uh, showed wider champion pools and just also just been performing 
consistently better also in scrims. Um, and I think this is probably Visichachi's worst split ever. I think he's performing really poorly individually, especially in face uh, this split. So, I mean, for me, it's just an obvious choice of putting him either second last or last. Do you think the last couple of weeks have been better for him? I think his rumble has been pretty good. He's, I mean, obviously he's getting better and better. I mean, that's his experience. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think, I don't think anyone from Schalke or like Schalke have shown anything crazy great other than Nuke Dog, I think. I think Nuke Dog, mm. oh, and Vander. I think Vander is performing mm. better and better. But I think, yeah, just pretty much just Nuke Dog on that team. Yeah, I'll be honest, I'm surprised to see him rated so low too. I think this had been made in like week four, week five. I'd be 100% on board, but he has been looking a little bit better. Um, I would definitely put Ruin under him personally. I'd put White Knight under him for sure as well. Um, but I think that's kind of one of the interesting things about Schalke is how many people that based on name and historical performance mm -hmm. that you look at to be like the top of the list yeah. that are now like... It, it like hurts to put him down there because of history, right? Yeah. And I really have to put away like all this um, history thought in my head when I do this kind of list. Hans, do you agree with the top lane list? I've... No clue about top lane, to be honest. Well, that, I, I was, they don't really... They're, 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 they're the odd man out. They I don't just really don't play want the game to play tanks. <laughs> cool. We move on. So jungle is next. It is Broxa... Kikis, Memento as top three, and then the rest are in no order at all. So Cole, Yankos, Joko, Cajal, Amazing Cersei, just listing off the junglers remaining in the league. I guess Shook kind of on that list. Gilius uh, as well, I suppose. Gilius. Mm -hmm. um, but so this is the only part of the list where you ranked players and then just said the rest, the pile of the rest. Yeah. Um, so what what's the logic there? Like, what's the difference maker? So obviously I think Broxus is the best. I mean, obviously, along uh, Max Lore, like just to ex exclude Max Lore, I think Roxas is the best. Um, and then there's obviously also Memento. I think he's been performing really, uh, sorry. Really, <laughs> We've all hit that part at some point. <laughs> really life. well, this split. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kikis in the last, what, he's played two weeks now? Yes. In the last two weeks, have been performing out of his mind, I think. So I had to just put him there. Um, and I think Junglist is so hard to really judge because it's so team dependent. And that's why it was really hard to rate the remaining, what, six junglers. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the rest of the pool. Pretty much. I just, you know, threw them out there. I, I think, uh, like, people have been hyping amazing a bit, but I think it's a Sejuani, pretty much. He mm. definitely looked good on Sejuani, it's true. Before so, that, there was a lot of questions. Yeah. Is there anyone from this list, like Cold, Jankos, Joko, Zersei, like those kind of names that could get close to the top three? I think Cold for sure. I think he's just getting hard entered right now by his mid laner. Um, I don't know about Cadrill. Uh, he does look like he's elo held a bit as well, but at the same time, it's kind of hard to judge. Um, right. And I think Xerxes is kind of the same as Amazing for me. It's it just doesn't stand out to me. Just is there on a currently winning team. So mm. yeah. Hans, is there any jungler you hate playing against? Um. I don't remember uh, which jungler again bought the most. <laughs> mm, I think maybe mm. could be Broxer. When Regulus is playing, it was Broxer. Okay, then yeah. 
I, li- I like this from like an eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't know any top wait, laners. I don't know any. I play with players. I play with nameplates off. Which was the one who ganked me eight <laughs> times in a row? That guy. <laughs> but like, Screw that guy. Isn't isn't there something for you uh, as a laner where you need to know something about the jungler you're playing against? Like, what what style does? Is this guy who ganks level two and three and four and five, or is he a farmer or whatever? Or is that not uh, relevant? Maybe I have an eye on Djokovic path weird sometimes okay. so maybe yeah, I will get crazy. ganked uh, really at random times be so, like, all right the jungler should be level four now he should be on top side and then there's like a level three zack on top yeah. of you that's the joke <laughs> especially it's like he's unlocked. sacrificing all his camps why <laughs> is he doing this because it works that's definitely a joke <laughs> <laughs> it works every time I mean jungle jungle is a really interesting one but I think it's interesting specifically for this role that it's just this feels like the hardest role to tell because without a laning phase it's hard to see if someone's getting ELO held by their team, right? Because if your laners are losing, you just don't get to play the game mm. uh, as a jungler for the most part. I think Brock's a number one most people would agree with right now. Um, and like, once again, excluding any Misfits members. Sure, sure. But I think Brock's a, I mean, based on the seven weeks we've seen so far, I would mm. put Brock's a one st- at least one step above Maxlore. Um I think Kikis is the interesting one because he's only played two weeks, so yeah. the sample size is very small. But he's looked fantastic during the two weeks, um, which which is actually surprised the hell out of me. He is a machine, but is, I did not expect it, dude. This is when I watched him in EU Masters. I was like, the first couple of games he played. I'm not sure if you remember. Yeah, watching. It was a it was just a monkey. Yeah, he was just like <laughs> dying <around>. everywhere. <laughs> I was like, wow, he's he's died more times than I thought you could actually die as a jungler in this game, playing all of just invading level two. And so he's consistently everything. impressed you, is what you're saying. So it's just like, he just died so much but in playoffs he actually got a lot better um, you guys obviously played him in the final uh, you probably don't yeah. think he was the greatest jungler at that point um, but him joining Vitality then like I'm not sure if it's a honeymoon phase uh, or if it's just like it's a new style people need to get used to when they're playing against him because like he plays for himself which really seems to benefit them a lot more right now uh, and makes him look really good as well when they're winning so I think him having him high on the list because he's a two-week sample size, I probably wouldn't have put him up there, but you're obviously basing this on just what you're seeing, and you're yeah, saying yeah. this guy performs really well. I, I also think that just in general, that this is probably, for me, would be the hardest hardest section to fill in, would be jungle. So, we have some inconsistent junglers. Yeah, that's the thing. Is or like, junglers on bad teams. Yeah, or you know, junglers who are like super up and down, that they look good when their team is winning and look terrible. Oh, forgot to turn the laptop sound off. All right, on to mid. So, first place, Caps, Perks, Nuke Duck, Niski, Jizuke, Blanc, Betsy, Exile, and Selfie. So Caps number one doesn't super surprise me. There's actually no surprises on this one. You put Exile's... Let's talk about Exile in uh, in ninth place or eighth place here in the case that it's a nine-tier mid laner. Do you think that it's just that like... Because we obviously have seen really low lows. Is it just that we've also seen some high highs from Exile that puts him above Selfie? Yeah, I mean, on my old list, I put him third, I think. Um, just based on the first two weeks, yeah, it was actually like, I think a top three, top four mid laner. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but this guy is just so, I don't know. Just, I mean, it's like legit my solo queue mid laner. It's like one game, I, I go into this into a game with this guy and he's on my team and he's just hard inting. It's just 0-20 or something, you know? And then he goes against me next game and this guy just makes me think he's a good mid laner suddenly. And this is just exile pretty much. And in the last couple of weeks, I'm, I have to put him like all the way down there on the inting list, basically. Have yeah. you guys ever in solo queue when you play got the feeling that you're not really paying attention to anything around you? You just kind of you're just kind of focusing on yourself a little bit, but you're not really. And people are pinging around the map, you don't really notice it, and you might get ganged and don't really see it. Like yeah. 
I always feel like with Exile, uh, the reason he is so inconsistent, and I'm just guessing here based on how he actually plays in the game, is that he has so much focus on specifically like what's happening right in front of him that he doesn't seem to always respect what can happen when you push forward. What's happening on the map right now? Oh, okay, my team is in base. I'm split pushing. Normally, you shouldn't continue split pushing then. But then he still goes for another wave, and that's when he gets caught and dies. Because yeah. there's no way it's game knowledge to me. It has to be a focus or like a, I always want to be just on the edge and preferably just a step across it as well so that I can force something, which is really unnecessary. He doesn't do it intentionally. There's no way, though. Like, sure, no, he no, must exactly. have the knowledge, but exactly. he, he doesn't play this way intentionally. Because mechanically, sure he is good. Yeah, he probably just focuses on or, like, has an issue with, like, hyper-focusing on one thing and can't think. Most likely. It's actually really interesting because he is the kind of player who... I love casting Exile because you never know what you're going to get. Well, that's the thing is, no matter what else is happening in the game, the second you enter, no matter what pick ban phase was, you're like, let's talk about Exile. And it's yep. always relevant because he can literally hard stomp his lane and win the game at, like, five minutes, or he can be dead three times at five minutes. Yeah. So... It is really interesting. He is He's such a... An interesting character to have in the league. Can somebody have any opinion about mid laners? Um, I mean, any opinions? Yeah, like, do you agree yeah, like, with or... Is there someone you think you're going hire? <laughs> what did you say? I said, who is playing Galio the most? <laughs> Who's playing Galio? Are you just... <laughs> <laughs> no, or no. so oh, self-focused. <laughs> Who plays uh, champions of the globe? You don't play any, Draven. anyone. Uh, how... Uh, who plays TF the most? Uh, Nukedog has played once. True. Okay, that should be him. So I guess Nukedog... It, it should be first place. Nukedog should be first place. TF. TF <laughs> one <enough>. trick. <laughs> have you, are you scared of any mid laner? So you're just like, I don't care. Oh, play um, caps and perks, I would say. Mm -hmm. mm. And yeah. They're pretty good mechanically and shot colors. Well, don't worry, because we can go on to bot next. Here's where I would expect you to have a lot of opinions, though. All right, so the bot lane list, Attila, Kabe, Upset, Whippo, Hyarnin, Hikyu, Neon, Sheriff, and Steelback. Hmm. Attila? Okay, Attila in first place surprises me. Steelback in last place. Who would you pick first, though? Actually, surprised. Mm, I have Whippo... Based on everything we've seen on stage, higher. I would put Bupo above Kabe and. But I actually think Upset is underrated this split. Uh, yeah, but I don't mm. think he's had enough games where he's popped off in the same. You way. don't notice him because we always talk about Nuke Duck, but he's actually consistently been really good. Hmm. So I, I agree with having him really high on the list. I probably wouldn't have put Kabe second mm -hmm. uh, right now. I think there's been a lot of games where um, it, a lot of it comes down to them not knowing what they wanted to play. But to me, this has not been a split where Kobe stood out mm -hmm. uh, so far. And obviously, it's been hard for him with the transition to mages. And he's been in a lot of Ezreal games where I feel like European Ezreal players don't carry. They, they're just there. They're safety, yeah. but they don't actually win you the game. So I think based on this split, I think Kobe is, is, is too high for me. Okay. Uh, I'll probably swap. I'll just put uh, Whippo okay. second yeah. and Kobe fourth. And then I think it, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense. I think that's fair. I mean, for Kabe, I think I put him second because I think most of Splash's wins is pretty much 80% him, in my opinion. I think he is he never fails, pretty much. And I think that's really valuable 
for a team uh, to have an AD carry that is like really a backbone. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bipo is, I mean, I've I've seen him in, and I've seen him hard carry. And I think as well with the meta shifting away from him, I think it's like if a guy is one dimensional, you also have to take that into uh, mm. account as well. So I think all around for the AD carry role, I think Kabe, it could be placed too high on second, but at the same time, I would personally rather want him than Bipo. Hmm. Hans, what do you think about the bot lane list? Uh, is Attila that good? Explain that one to me. How good is Attila? Let's talk about that. Um, I mean, I would have seen... I mean, from Jesse's perspective, Attila's first, but uh, I mean, I didn't watch a lot of Vitality LCS mm-hmm. matches, so I will not know. I wouldn't know, but I think I'm... Yeah, but you play against it. Talk to me about laning against Attila. Is this guy, like, super hard to lane against? Easy? Has it always been a favorable matchup, so it's hard to tell? Give us us the deets. What did you play against me? I don't remember, actually. We haven't actually scrimmed him that much, and most of my opinion is just from... Yeah, I don't really remember... uh, Remember playing too much. Okay, so tell me who you do remember. Let's do that. I tried to make it Attila. Who stands out to you? Who is the person that you're scared to play against? Who's the person? Because he's so flexible. Like, please. I don't but in screens. Yeah, I mean, mean, that bot lane is just scary. I don't like to play against the bot lane. (laughs) Flatty bot lane. And yeah, I think Kobe upset are pretty good. And the others are pretty good as well. I think they were all pretty good. Everyone is pretty good. Okay. Uh, okay. I, yeah, interesting. But I mean, yeah, I would put uh, Whipple uh, more higher. I probably would put, based on the seven weeks, Whipple first, Attila second, Upset third, Kobe fourth. Mm-hmm. I think that would be my list. Uh, and then I, I think the, the second part is, is fair enough. Like, it's actually interesting with Europe because I feel like the AD carry pool is not super strong overall. Like, you, you put it as they're all pretty good. Which yeah. I think is it's okay, but like I look at a lot of the names and I don't think to myself this guy wins you games. And to me, like the best AD carries in history are the ones we say, okay, once we get past a certain point, this guy will carry the game. You know, when you are yeah. looking really good on Sama, you can do it. Reckless on Fnatic have done it so often. Like Kobe on Splice, last split, like that was their main win condition yeah. was just protect Kobe and he will win you the game. Uh, and I think a lot of the names in Europe, they can't do that right now. And I don't know if it's because Europe has just shifted away from playing around bot lane specifically or right. if it's just the player base. Maybe it's mainly because of the meta, which I've right. has shifted a bit weird. I mean, always majors and it's kind of confusing for ideas to play majors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's mainly because of the meta that we can't see players uh, shining up more uh, than the other worlds. Mm. Definitely. Because a guy like Sheriff obviously had a great last split towards yeah. the end. And but, now... but he's playing Swain all the time. Yeah, <laughs> now he's stuck on either Mage or Zaya. One last, one last question on this list. Steelback is at the back, or is at the bottom of the list, very bottom. Now, historically, I'm not a Steelback fan. I think that he's had a lot of really bad splits back to back, but he has looked pretty good recently on Giants. That's my impression. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, super going deep back, but from just from the surface, he's had a couple good Ezreal moments. He's way more aggressive than he used to be. Yeah. This is the first split ever I think I've seen him like flash forward in every single game, uh, at least once. Um, so why is he so far down on the bottom? Do you not see improvement in this guy? I mean, I would highly consider him put him putting him uh, above Sheriff. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I see, I, I would rather have Sheriff on my team. That I mean, that I kind of put that into factor when okay. I make this list. It's like based on these seven weeks, who is the best player? Uh, based on what, like whatever I've seen from him, and also who would I prefer to have on my team? Because that also matters. Mm. Um, since I, th I think it's a lot, like I said, it's a lot more than just what you see, uh, like mechanically or whatever. I think a lot of it is also um, what they could potentially bring uh, as a player uh, in terms of variety and play style and yeah, just just what I would prefer to have from AD carrying game. I think I would prefer to have Sheriff slightly more than Silak. And Sheriff's definitely a younger player too. So obviously, in theory, more room to grow, more room to develop. Which I think makes it a fair argument. Sure. I mean, you can add as many factors as you want here, and suddenly you're, you're no one can argue with this because you just keep adding. Yeah, but he's also yeah, Danish, so yeah, <laughs> I was up a little bit there. But I think with the steal back point of last week, the Israel moments people highlight. I do recommend going back and watching the fights. Um, this is actually not criticism towards him because he did his job in them. But to me, those fights were won more by someone like Ruin on Rumble, who literally three-man ults like two or three fights in a row, and everyone is low and dying, and then obviously the AD carry cleans up. Um, so I'd rather give that credit to, you know... So do you think it's more like old-school steal back the janitor rather than like this, what I'm seeing it as, which is a new, more aggressive steal back? I think what steal back is doing is his job right now on okay. Giants. I don't think he's the hard carry. I don't think he's going above what he's done in the past. Mm. Um, I think he's cleaned up some unnecessary deaths, which is good. But to me, when I see the big fights the Giants are winning, I, I don't feel like it's Steelback who's the carry. Like, he's he's the one guy doing it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and I definitely wasn't saying that. No, no, no. Yeah, and yeah, no, I'm just like... Because I think, like, Ruin specifically, uh, in some of those moments, like, his rumble was, was really good and deserved a lot of credit for that. For sure. Uh, a lot of really solid execution from that team. I think surprised a lot of people. But on onto the last uh, section of the list, support category, Jack Troll in first, Vander in second, Hillisang third. Uh, I don't know why I'm listing off every ranking. I'm just going to list them now. Wadid, Norskaren, Totoro, Promiskew, Kasing, and Sir Nukeslot. Hmm. Jack Troll number one. This is interesting. He Now... I'm a little bit biased here in the sense that I always think back to the times where Jack Troll was really struggling, was dying a ton last split. Now I know that's Tom not Kench, baby. Uh, yeah, and I know that's not something you factored in. I know it's just the seven weeks, but that always makes it hard, or makes it hard for me initially just to think about this guy as as a potential number one uh, or number two if Misfits players were included and you really like Mickey uh, rated support. Yeah, so I think the last list I made, uh, I based the supports off of who I thought had more brain. And who was the smart, smarter player, basically? And this time, I wanted a different approach. I I came to a realization that uh, I might as well base the list off of everyone's strengths and not what they should be, in my opinion. And so I just kind of said, okay, well, who is performing the best individually um, to uh, like a carry support or whatever? And so I just ranked them as I thought it was. So who is? Basically, individually, like doing the best, who's you know in laning phase, roaming, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think Hillsong easily has potential to be number one. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I don't think it's consistent what he's doing either. So I wouldn't want to put him number one, but I would put put him top three uh, in that category. Um, but I think Jack Troll and Vander have really stepped it up uh, individually, both lane phase and out of lane. So that's why they're there. 
I'm scared to ask you, Hans. Well, do you have any opinions on the support list? Uh, I mean, I've, this is where you pop off, Hans. I'm just go. You're just like this yeah, guy this sucks. Guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, guy I do the same thing. I like kissing. It should be first. Kissing? <laughs> no, I'm joking. But yeah, I pretty much agree with the list there. But uh, you know, if that was another meta, you know, like shield meta, maybe kissing would shine the most. Yeah, because yeah, because kissing is. Hmm. Below uh, Promise Q here, and Promise Q's had a, a few good moments in, in the recent weeks. He did beat Splice. Maybe that moves him up immediately. Uh, but Kasing being so low down, I think, is, is, is surprising. What's your reasoning for Kasing second last? He's just not good at the game, I think. I, I, obviously, zero, zero things against him. I just think purely off of gameplay and you just individual skill like mechanics or whatever I don't think he stands out mechanically I don't think he stands out as a smart player either so I think he's just bound to be in the bottom part of the list um, I think pretty much all supports in Europe are pretty bad from what I think a support should be like in terms of play style so I th yeah I think the list is is a little weird it's a bit like the jungle role I think the list is yeah, like I said, just a lot about mechanics, but at the same time, I don't think anyone like super stands out mechanically either. So it's a, it's a little bit of a weird list. Is support the weakest position in Europe right now? That or top lane? I, I would say, yeah, probably support. I think top lane just has, what, like maybe three, four top laners. And then support has one, two max supports. And here, are we talking like international level or... No, I'm just talking about... Just like in a vacuum, what yeah. is the relative right, okay. weakest? What about the ADs? I think all ADs are good enough. I mean, most ADs are good enough, but I don't think there are, there are that many that like super stands out as like Uzi kind of thing. Yeah, they wouldn't yeah. win against LCK ADs or... Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. Hmm, that's interesting. Very interesting. Um, with the support one, because I when I look at a lot of the names, I see I see a lot of names where I'm like, this guy is good half his games, and I'm like, whoa, Noscaran, like mechanically he actually kick and look really Totoro. good. Totoro, Totoro, we haven't seen sadly in a while after the AD carry swap happened because he's <coughs> it's very hard to roam if you're losing bot lane. Uh, no, for sure. But that's the same so, thing where I mean, like, he's had one or two games where you're like, wow, Totoro is yeah. insane. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Because now I, it's not nearly as good. I think Noskarian is a super exciting player. Also, like, he's still very young. Um, and, like, he's clearly not afraid on stage, which is a big problem for a lot of people in the past. But, like, you have to play the main engage. And then if you do not pull the trigger on stage, like, you just cost your team uh, potentially a game. Um, I think Noskarian is actually willing to make plays and risk quote-unquote, looking bad on stage to try and set up his team. Yeah, I appreciate that. Which I actually really respect because there are so many supports in history or junglers who are stuck on engage and just never do it. They're just like, they're so scared unless they see the big opening. Hillisang as well is the kind of guy who would never obviously back down. Which, which has been a problem in his Which career. has been a problem, but also <laughs> been his greatest strength uh, in a lot of times. So I think we have a lot of supports now who are not afraid of actually making plays. But uh, obviously, in terms of what they bring as shock callers and whatever, it's hard to judge from us, from our side. Um, yeah, I, I kind of look at um, how they ward and where they sweep and where they place pink, because I think a lot like that speaks a lot for the player. Like they, mm -hmm. whether they think ahead of time or not, uh, like whether they can read the map from like a different perspective. I think a lot of them are very like 
individually champ like champ focused like yeah. they just focus on where they're walking and how they're throwing a skill shot and um, potentially oh uh, i see a potential to roam here and just roaming for fun it feels like the support meta has become almost like a support carry meta in a sense for some of these support players i mean it's all playmakers it's a lot of playmakers at least like uh, I can't think of a single team where they're like, ooh, wow, we'd really rather put our dude on Tom Kench over uh, Alistair, Rakan, or Pike. G2 yeah, G2, and that looks so great for them, right? Like, they love early so picking that Tom Kench. Uh, so outside of G2, I think like everything. I think about every single team, and other than Kissing in some games and occasionally Sir Nukeslaw, I'm like, I could see any of these guys playing Rakan, Pike, Alistair, right? Like I, all of them, I would imagine is that kind of player, right? Where yeah. they would be making a play, where they would be a, a key initiator. Yeah, it's interesting. Who's the who's the hardest support to play against in lane? In lane? Or are they all the same? It is on. Hillisang is the hardest in lane. Uh, yeah, I mean, this he's fake pressuring a lot. Yeah, exactly. He he doesn't care where you're. They, they play. He, he is the guy who plays the best. Uh, we fog. Fuck off war. Okay, so so basically fake pressure, what you mean is that he, like, does he, he steps forward and you think maybe a gank is happening or he's going to engage on you mm-hmm. and then you miss CS or? Yeah, like kind of like this and he's, I'm not sure, maybe they're manage, manage, managing the wave great mm-hmm. and playing with, with the wave they manage well. Okay. Because that's, I mean, is there, if you guys were going to teach someone at home, as a support, how to fake pressure. Because that would be very mm. useful in solo queue too, where you never know what's going to happen. Like, yeah. can you like, is there any way you can quickly try That's and give a few very tips? quick. It's just understanding wh- whether your jungler is showing or not, if your jungler is not showing, and they don't know whether there's camp spot side or not. So like there, there's a decent chance that your jungler can be bot side. Mm-hmm. You can just walk up as if your jungler is there. And of course, I mean, it's always going to be a risk. Like I think Hillsong does this a lot, like takes a lot of risks like this, where if he steps up and the enemy for some reason like know where that his jungler is, he's just gonna die pretty much. Like he takes he plays a lot by the limit and yeah, yeah, it's it it can be scary to play against, but I mean once you get used to it, it's easier. Now I like yeah. that as a strategy, but I want to remind our viewers at home: if you're in low elo, people don't look at the mini map anyway, so faking pressure <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work. do anything. That's true. <laughs> they're, they're they're just going to either try to fight you or they're not, no matter what you <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> so be careful. Uh, also counts for low diamond, by the way. <laughs> oh, it doesn't have to be. I mean, oh, that is solo queue. In a way, oh. low elo as well. <laughs> uh, the brain and the mini map does not always exist. Even challenger. Yeah, I would even say from watching just when I watch like streams and stuff, it really anywhere, you can definitely just assume yeah. that they don't care what a genre could be. So we're approaching the end of the show. Um, thank you, Jesus, for sharing this list with us. It's always cool to see how different people rate up. And very often it's just a mid laner or just a bot or just whatever. But you've given us everything, which is fantastic. So thank you for that. Uh, one thing we forgot to do at the start of the show was gifts, which is oh. hilarious because this is the first time I think we've had people bring both guests bring a gift. And especially when you're on the same team or something to show and tell, as we always like to say. So Hans, why don't you go first? What did you bring for us? Uh, just a drawing that I made. Um, why do I show it? You show. You can show it to that camera, or you can hand it to me, and I can show it to the camera. We can do it. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, first I want to. First, you need to describe the drawing. It is. Oh, just a basic drawing that I've made in like fifteen minutes. Um, <laughs> 
It's nice. There's a lot of ideas. So anime, uh, for those of you who are familiar with Ansama, very talented artist, very much into the manga kind of anime style. Um, and it looks like we have a nice pretty girl or a boy. But, ah, whatever, it's 2018. No one's worried about it anymore. Uh, <laughs> joining us on set with a wonderful Hansama signature. I like it a lot. It's cool. I also, you drew this like as we were getting ready, which was yeah, like, my was favorite part about makeup. it. So, <laughs> during makeup, like how quickly you can do this is still super impressive to me. I'm always impressed by people with uh, artistic talent. I just shout. So, you know, it's like by comparison, very cool. Would you be able to turn Dracos and myself into anime characters? Um, I like this question. Good question, Martin. <laughs> Of course, yes. So that was still, you could still see it was, you know, me and Dracos, but we would look a little bit different. Uh, of yeah, course. You can't tell us is you. Maybe boost the muscles a bit. Your long hair, yeah, really buff. This is definitely... <laughs> really buff. Yeah, that would be great. Man. You gotta make me real buff. Uh, yeah. This is definitely gonna be part of our bet later. Oh, for sure. Uh, also, I'm gonna go put this on the set, but Jesus, what did, what did you uh, bring for us this fine day? This is uh, an easier gift, of course. I don't really need to use any talent for this one. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it's not well, vegan. great taste. But, uh, oh, yeah, we'll have the brain of Jesse if you eat toffee it. Fee. Thank you, Toffee Fee. Uh, now, we have a problem here. Uh, Jesus, thank you very much, by the way. Uh, Hans, your gift you was both. wonderful. The toughest fee, however, uh, this man trains years I mean, of his life to be able to draw some of the greatest candy of all time is toughest <laughs> fee. Is, so it's hard for you to compete. To be fair, <laughs> um, we have a problem: is that normally we have to put the gifts on the set, but but this one this goes is, in the stomach. This is candy, and I can, my it. stomach is usually on the set. That is a good point. You can leave the package. We will leave the package here, but we will definitely eat what's inside. <laughs> It's a great gift. I've actually never had this before, by the <laughs> you way. You never had toffee What? Fee? Never had toffee fee. Very famous in Germany and Denmark as Denmark. well. Yeah, I've never Do you have toffee fee in France? Uh, no, never had. Uh, never heard about it. Really? Well, You're going to try one. As soon as the show is done, oh, my yeah. friend, you are going to, this is a gift to be shared. Oh, that's <laughs> everything. Sure. Also, right. it took Jess two minutes to walk down the supermarket and just grab a toffee fee. <laughs> that's called efficient. <laughs> I respect that. Got him. All right. Last topic. Match of the week. Who is it? It's G2 versus Misfits. What a coincidence. We have Misfits players wow. here. G2 in third place. I think tie you guys if they beat you in this match. So let's talk a little bit about the matchup. How are you guys feeling? Do you feel like you guys are the favorites? What's it going to take for you guys to take down G2? Is this where we get Han Samba to flame the entire G2 lineup? Hint. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tell us what you just talk to us about the matchup. What do you think? How are you feeling? Uh, are you guys confident that you're going to win it? I mean, we haven't started uh, practice. I mean, this week and Jesus, I can't tell right now. I mean, I've been yes, practicing, I mean. of course, individually, but as a team, not yet, because mm -hmm. yeah, there's oh, there's a player summit, there's summit right? Yeah, you know, handicapping us. And now you're stuck here doing the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Deliberate. Exactly. So. But I feel confident already against well, them. What do you think about G2? Do you think they're a good team? I think they're a pretty good team. They play smarter than other teams. Mm -hmm. And they play yeah, they play micro really well. Interesting. GS's G2 Esports have not been doing so hot lately. Why do you think G2 have been struggling? Obviously, you don't reveal anything specific for strategy reasons, but... Have, what, what, what has Wonder been playing? 
Wonder, uh, he's been uh, he's been trying a few carries, but otherwise been on a lot of different tanks lately. Tanks or we had the Urgard game that backfired really hard. We did have right. the game? What did you play last week? That's the question. Week Drake seven was. versus H2K. He played Nar. That and was a Nar. Versus oh my god, fanatic, fanatic. He played Nar again. Mm. <clears throat> so double Nar week. And I'll look back at some other weeks too. So that's interesting because there was that small period of time where they were putting him more on tanks. Yeah. Oh, they've done it for most of the split in Europe, actually. Uh, he had the he had the job on top. He had Urgot top. He's played in our top as well. Like, are you specifically looking at? Yeah, I'm. I'm looking a lot of at Wonder. I think um, the mid laner and the bot lane. I mean, especially Yarnan, um, are very smart players. Um, I think Yarnan is a lot more of a brain player than hands player, so that definitely needs to be a carry in the top lane um, from the G2 lineup. And I think a lot of it is also about perks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reason why they're not like super shining anything is also because of Janko's performance. I think his performance have, has gone down quite a lot. I think if he were to step up and really push that early game, like he's kind of known for in the in the history, then G2 is going to shine again and get those individual wins for sure. It's interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people would probably agree. Like looking at Jankos, he's the obvious one standing out where you can be like, this guy's not playing like he used to mm-hmm. uh, in the past. And it probably hurt him a bit that it was a funnel strat for most of the split. And now he he has to play like early game junglers uh, again. Like his Talia was good the one game he, he got to like carry on. He should play a bit like Broxa, I think, because Broxa plays a lot to like get his lanes ahead. Mm-hmm. And he should play a bit the same. But he did towards the top, top lane side. that one game. It was yeah. really good. Um, then completely backfired against Shalga, obviously, and 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 so on. But I think I think Yankees will slowly get there. I mean, mm. G two will make playoffs. So from the way you're talking about it right now, it sounds like G two are the clear underdogs in this matchup. Do you think that's fair? Actually, based on how both teams have been playing yeah. lately, yeah, no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because we're, we're we're very focused. So for Miss on the Misfit side, like, do you th- who, what what matchups do you feel like you have the edge in? Because you talk about Kiarnan being a, a brain player, not necessarily hands player. Like, that's a a balling matchup I would give to you guys pretty handily. Do you guys feel like you can just win out in a lot of these matchups on individual player levels? Where do you see weaknesses? How does Senkux match up against? Uh, I almost said Nuke Duck perks. We can always say Nuke Duck. Yeah, <laughs> that's a force of habit at this point. Do you want to answer that one? From the Talk bot. to me about bot lane. You're bot lane. Yeah, do you? No, you can answer it. Oh, whoa, Hansama, this is bot lane. He <laughs> can, can answer, answer mid lane. It. Give me the bot lane answer, dude. How do, how do you and Mickey oh. stack up against uh, Wadid and Hyarnan? Is there any like anything you're worried about playing against these guys? Do you feel like you just... I mean, in the laning phase, they play... The last time we played against them, they played stuff that... Uh, you don't win through laning phase. Like mm-hmm. it's not like you have um, better matchup and you need to abuse it. I think that will be the same against them. That I will play more of uh, more of an AFK lane. Yep. And I would this... hard bet you that they will play Varus Tomkench. I would yes, hard. I would hard. I would AFK hard lane. bet that. Yeah. And then they will maybe do the difference later with Tom, which is pretty good um, making plays. Mm-hmm. And maybe it will be better than them. Uh, maybe we'll have the Tomkench. And making plays better plays than them, so it's kind of 50 50. I would say you're so humble. 50 50. You're humble. You're 50 50 with Yarnan. I mean, most people would look at Hansama and Mickey as a 2v2 lane and say they're supposed to beat, yeah, because so like ignoring matchups. Yarnan is number five on this list. Are you also tied for number five? Is that why that lane is a 50 50? He's a brand player and I'm um, a hand player, I would say. So 
I mean, he has different qualities. He he has so awesome. he has good strength, and I have good strength as well. All right, Steven, you are super. I want to have, and I respect that, dude. You are very sweet. You are very, you are very good. I like it, but it's a good quality. Hansama and Mickey in a two v two lane. We'll smash. We'll smash. Yes, are supposed to be better than what Jan Medivh will bring in the two v two lane. You can argue anything else outside. For sure, and pick ban pending. One guy gets the Tom Kench. One lane is just going to get hard pushed in. But an even matchup. I clearly give the edge to like Syracon versus Syracon, basically. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'll buy the A Draven against a Draven. Exactly. Then I'm definitely giving it Timer <laughs> versus Timer. But that's okay. Like, then they're gonna win. <laughs> oh no! Like if, this uh, <laughs> this matchup. Oh, uh, because you guys have obviously a very strong bot lane, uh, you guys have actually found mainly success in the early game when you could play around the bottom side, which is something you haven't done too much uh, lately. Top lane, obviously, just as you highlighted, uh, Wonder. I think one of the cool things for Misfits and why I think you guys can match up pretty decently against you two is that I think Afari is probably, he's the guy I trust the most on an island to not go 0-3 and just mm, like mm. mess up completely. He's actually, he's like super solid at just trying his best to not like overextend and like give a 1v1 kill. Um, I'll actually leak a uh, rating of Alfari. I think he's number one. You think Alfari is number one? There <laughs> you go. Uh, so if 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 it is a strategy of like one picks a carry, they try and get him ahead, and then you guys do the same on bottom side, you know, I can see an advantage for Misfits. Obviously mid-jungle is going to be super interesting because um, it's so hard with Yankos to judge how exactly he's going to perform. Uh, the same is interestingly true the mid lane with, with Senkux, right? Because like you would give the advantage to Perks uh, right now, but I think Senkux... If he's not on, uh, if he, if he's not in a hard matchup, is not the kind of player who will just like be dumb and give up free kills. Like, yeah, he will sure. just go even, and then he will play with the team, which I think would be great. Uh, and then you rely more on other roles, specifically against G two to carry. So I can see Misfits stack up pretty decently, but it requires obviously the the top side of the map to not snowball for G two. And it also requires a bet. So I'm thinking that it might be time for us to put on our our G2 jerseys. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm going G2. I mean, because we know they're going misfits. So. Yeah, I mean, unless you guys want to go G2 and we go misfits, but that'd be weird. That'd feel like that'd weird be a little. Bit. We've never done that, but I don't really. I think there's a reason. <laughs> that's, I think that's that's bad. too weird. Yeah. Yeah. Misfits versus you guys down for a little wager? Depends. Depends on the wager. On the punishment. <laughs> I, I definitely I definitely don't want to dress up. You know. That's fine. I, so, I suggest. Art? I think art. I think yes, this is the art, art bet. We do, uh, we paint. Loser has to paint the other pair. Okay. Um, I, I'm thinking like, you know, yeah. real painting. Yeah. Not, not hand, yeah. like, uh, not, not like a drawing. I'm looking, I'm looking. Uh, paint? Am I producer yeah, right I now? Paint. Bob we, Ross. Oh yeah, dude. I don't know how to paint. That's fine. We don't know how we to paint. We don't know how to paint either, either dude. Okay. <laughs> I'm a brain guy, not a hand guy. Look, I can't paint anything. <laughs> we will provide the art supplies, and we will one day after your games, we'll hang out here. We'll get some nice light. The two people who won can pose. The losers will paint them. We'll frame it, and you can take it home and hang it if you want. If you don't want, or it, we put it on. We'll the hang set. it on the set. I would love to have it, but at the same time, we should almost paint. Mm, we can make a photocopy. What for do you want to paint? You not want to paint us? No, I would love to. But I just mean like I would. Love for there to be a painting here, but I would also want one in my room, we'll, you know? We'll give the, the finished original can go to the winner, and then we'll, make, we'll make a copy. We'll make like a take a photo or make a copy to put on yeah. for the other person. All so right. Deal. So if G2 wins, 
you guys have yeah. contained Dracus and myself, <laughs> and we need some big ass muscles in there. Huge, uh, <laughs> jacked. And if misfits win, which will not happen, no, we will have to paint, of course, you two. And if you have any wishes for what you need, also buff, buff yeah, dudes over there. Super jacked. Anyone want to ride a horse or a motorcycle or something? <laughs> oh, you're promising a lot. <laughs> Fancy mountain. I can barely back. paint any or draw anything if it's standing in front of I can me, let alone imagine what a horse <laughs> looks like. Yeah. On me, it. maybe holding like a big Danish flag on a mountain. Ooh, yeah. interesting. We will see if we can uh, do that. We're going to watch some Bob Ross videos. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. Get ready. Prep for it. Sweet. Happy little trees. That's a good bet. No one gets hurt in this bet either. No one has like to dress it. up like a duck. <laughs> that is a good bet so far. <laughs> All right. Wholesome drawing bet this time around. Thank you, everyone, for, for watching with us uh, today. Of course, Jezus, are you going to publish your, your full list? Are we publishing it? We're publishing it. We've made a graphic. Yeah. Last Plastic. time it was published in a note block or something. Yeah, I just it was like did it casually. Really low effort. I'm very yeah. Yeah, we'll give you the graphic. You put it on your Twitter. We'll show it too, so you guys can check out the list yourself. Uh, you know, share it amongst yourselves. Tell Jesus what you think. Hopefully and remember, with kind, wholesome words, folks. Yes. Don't get angry. Remember, when you argue with him, he will just add another reason for why this player is above. So you can actually never win this argument. Can never win. This guy once, you know, bought me an ice cream. Hey, unstoppable. And he will also just say it's based on scrims, and then all of us Ooh, have to back down and be like, "Well, yeah." Never seen him. Yes. That's called arguing. Yes, we don't know then. Thank you both for coming. Thank you for the for the gifts, the edible ones and the non-edible ones. Um, this has been episode. Eight of season eight, two? yeah, because he's seeing messed up so badly and he kept messing up to seven, so this is definitely eight. Okay, this is episode eight of season two. Thank you everyone for watching. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>